So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 6 of Before the 90 Days. In this episode, Kimbali steps up in to become the boss lady. Kalib and Alina finally seal the deal. Jimena is pretty sure that this is the Sicario that threatened to kill her is in jail. Jasmine loses it over the color of Gino's walls. Memphis loses it after another lie from Hamza comes out. And we meet Benjamin, a 52-year-old model slash ex-pastor with a pension for 20-somethings. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you're also watching Love During Lockup, we are covering that on our other podcast, Love After Lockup. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Miss Moreau. Hello, Miss H. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I just had my birthday this past weekend, so. Another year older, another year wiser. Yeah, I always get a three-day weekend for my birthday, so that's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, that is really nice. Speaking of holidays. Okay. <laughs> yeah, speaking of holidays, we have some people going away for holiday like Jimena and Mike. So Jimena and Mike finally have another chance alone as she's showing Mike around a coffee farm. He tells her that he's upset that she kept the secret of not being able to have kids away from him. Jimena says she had a lot of pain and contractions uh, when she was giving birth and she was just scared. She was disappointed by men and she didn't know she was going to meet a good man like him. Jimena wouldn't mind having a baby if she had the right partner. Mike asks if it's possible to get her tubes, you know, untied. And she says no, because her tubes were cut and burned. So this is irreversible. Mike asks how she thought this was going to work if she knew that he wanted kids so badly. He's not sure if he regrets this trip. And Jimena says he can still be a father to Harold and Juan. He says he doesn't want to hurt them and he loves them as if they were his own. She asks for his forgiveness, and he says it's okay that Harold and Juan will be their children. She cries and says she would like that. Mike is having a hard time processing the idea of not having children of his own and asks her not to keep any more secrets, and she agrees. They are in Salento for a getaway. The view is stunning, and Mike is excited to not have to share space with Jimena's family. They roll around on the bed when it appears that one of them farts and Jimena just covers her face as they both keep saying they love each other. <laughs> it's a very weird scene. Uh, later, Mike tells Jimena in the hot tub that this is the time they need to be completely honest with, with each other. And he continues to ask about Harold and Juan's dads. Jimena says that she was never in a relationship with either of their fathers. She then says she had a hitman as a partner that put a hit on her when she found out he was a hitman. She reported him to the police and hasn't heard from him since. Mike is concerned for her and the boy's safety, and he's worried about what else he might learn if he keeps on digging. Okay, so that seems like very weirdly out of place. I mean, even when they cut it in the commercials, it was just like... It seemed like her reaction to whatever he said was, and I dated a hitman. It's like, okay, how does this even fit into the bigger picture? Uh, I feel like it's something he needed to know, like, right, by the way. Right, but it seemed like a weird reaction to, you know, like, do you love me? I dated a hitman. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was kind of a, do you love me? And we need to make sure that we're being completely honest with each other type thing. 
Yeah. Right? Right. So what else do you think she has to tell? Uh, I, I, I don't think this is the only uh, sketchy person she's had in her past. I feel like possibly the only hitman. Uh, I'll give her that. Yeah. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of ex baggage with that. This is the guy who sometimes leaves bags of dog poop on my on my oh, <laughs> on my gosh. porch when he gets drunk. Like those. I kind believe of it because I feel like the bar was very low. If Harold and Juan are like, "I love you, I love you," it's like you haven't even met this dude. I want him to be my daddy. It's like, oh gosh, like that's sad. Yeah. Like these. Poor kids are like so, so desperate to have a father because these other pieces of garbage have been around and doing weird stuff. Yeah. And I just, I just don't buy her like kind of thing is like, nope, these two men that were the, the, the fathers of their children, of uh, the fathers of my children. I never cared about them at all. They were just like basically a sperm bank. They got me pregnant and that was it. End of story. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely downplaying it for Mike because, I mean, she even told us in the interview that she was in love with – I can't remember which one's the younger one – Juan's dad. I, I, I thought it was Harold was the younger one, but okay. Harold yeah. was the younger one. Yeah, so she was clearly in love with him at some point. And, she, I mean, it's entirely possible she was in love with him and just was not in a relationship with him. I mean, that – I'm not saying she's lying about either one of those things. Sure, sure. I just it, – it, it seems – that she is awfully young to be in that, you know, I just decided I'm going to have a baby and I'm just going to go and I'm going to get pregnant by somebody and not involve them in the child's life and, and move on. Like that is something that some people do, but I feel like usually you're a little bit, quite a bit older before you decide like, I just need to have these babies now. Yeah. I mean, the whole kid situation seems very odd to me and I wonder what how she kind of views it because – it almost seemed like the second one, especially because she, uh, you know, intentionally got pregnant with the second one. It sounded like the first yes. one was an oopsie baby for sure. Yes, yes. The and second one was definitely intentional. I think she even said it was a one night stand. The second one was an oopsie baby, or was it the first one was an oopsie baby? The second one was definitely planned. It was intentional, and it's almost like were you trying to make this the trap baby because? You know, you were trying to build some kind of like connection or something with this man that you said you loved. And then, Mm. you know, but how do you go from that to, okay, well, that didn't work out. This pregnancy was terrible. Uh, Giving birth was terrible. No more children ever. It just I don't understand how the same person has those same thoughts. Right. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It does make sense to me because it's like one of those things where. You know, because they literally have these things like there's hormones and stuff that, you know, come up birth that basically block your memories of how much it sucked and how much it hurt. Yes. Like yeah, as, as you go on, you're like, it wasn't that bad. It was like, no, that was like literally your body tricking you into, into doing this again. Um, right. So at the time, if she was like, nope, cut them now, cut them now, cut them now. I am done. I'm never doing this again. Like, let me make this decision before I have a chance to, to change my mind. Because I thought it was interesting that that was her thought process behind it. Right was mm-hmm. I never want to be pregnant again. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily I don't want to have any more children again. It was I never want to be pregnant and give birth again. Right? Yeah. And and but she kind of like I don't know. She kind of goes back on that when she feels like it isn't an option. And I get that you can't like reverse the procedure. But we just had on like Love After Lockup. We had Lacey, you know, yeah. be able to do IVF after it. And I feel like IVF would still be a viable option. I thought so too. I thought. 
that Mike just wasn't asking the right questions, right? Because right. he basically was like, well, can you reverse the procedure? Well, no, you can't reverse the procedure, but that doesn't mean you can't carry a you know, kid on your own. But uh, that would be an interesting question. Does she still have eggs at all then? Because I, I did they have to harvest eggs for Lacey or did she have them already stored? Oh, when she had I her thought, procedure, because that might be what that might be an problem. issue too. You're right. I, you're right. I, not so great. F- fair question. That might that might be off the table too. But I find it weird that they didn't at least say that or, or bring it up as an option mm-hmm. um, to then say, "Oh no, well they can't harvest eggs once you've had your tubes tied." That's like a thing. I, they might be that might be true. I don't know very much about fertility at all. So yeah, I mean, I don't know about it in that sense, but I mean, but the way Mike asked the question, I mean, I would have probably answered it like that too, because maybe Humana doesn't know that IVF is an option, and that's not what he asked, right? So right. it's not like she could right. say like, "Well, I don't know." We'd have to like look into that. It was more like, "Okay, I'm answering the question. Can this be reversed?" The answer is no, and it seems like the both of them are like, "Okay, well, end of story." Yes, I mean, I thought it was kind of remarkably quick how how fast he came around to all right okay well i can't ever have kids i'll just be this these kids father and that that that's that's good enough for me um because even if we take you know obviously this is probably some sort of recreated scene or whatever we had here Mm -hmm. and he didn't like because this made it look like he made that decision in like seven and a half seconds like after she was like can this be reversed no all right i'm cool with that you know um but even if it was it was like yesterday that she told him and the next day he's like Okay, I'm, I can live with that. That's okay. I can I can go. Which seems remarkably quick to come around on this, especially when he he said, you know, it's very difficult for him. Yeah, I mean, but he seems like the type of person, and I even said this last week that you know he's gonna choose whatever it means to be with his partner. He's not trying to lose Jimena. I mean, for the love of God, yeah. Jimena actually had sex with him. You know, and <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a big deal in his world, considering, you know, he's had no previous dates or women. So uh, he's going to try to hold on to this person. And if that means sacrificing what he really wants, which were kids, he's going to do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, 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 and so that you asked about the past before. That's kind of what I wonder if and when that comes up about her sexual past. Like, because she has one and he probably doesn't have mm-hmm. much of one, mm-hmm. right? Is because she seemed that seemed to be part of what she was doing when she was, you know, saying these guys didn't mean anything to me, right? right whatever is kind of that implying, like, no, 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 I wasn't, you know, sex wasn't fun or I didn't enjoy it or I didn't like have a good time before mm-hmm. you came along, right? Like, because she doesn't know how to deal with somebody who also doesn't really have a sexual past. Like, is he going to get offended if I had fun with other guys? Is he going to like feel bad about it? Can make him feel some sort of way? And so she seems like she's doing what she can to keep him. As comfortable as possible, which seems like a good strategy, but I don't know. I don't know. I could see that kind of putting her in a bad position. I I just think that man, maybe she's starting to get this now. You can do a lot to this guy before he's going to kind of push back and be like, maybe I don't want to be with this person. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. Like, you know. Things like there may or may not be a hitman who wants to kill me. Just And possibly you because you're my new partner. Like I'd be like, okay, this is a concerning situation here. <laughs> Are you worth it? I, 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 I would I feel like I would want to go back to the police and be like, 
did you do something? Did he just disappear on his own? Like, do I need to worry about him right now? Like, please tell me what you did. I'm going to need a follow-up email on this, please. Yes, I'm going to need a follow-up on this. Oh, goodness. Just like, yeah, it's so crazy. Oh, man. All right. So, moving on, let's go to um, – I was going to say, you know, a year – one year older. I was going to use it as a segue. One year older, one year younger. Let's go to Memphis and Hamza. Oh, so, it's been a few days in Tunisia and things have been rocky but improving. But now, Memphis and Hamza are out of the town looking for a place to be alone and also a place for Memphis to use the bathroom because she has a lot <laughs> of business to take care of in that department. Goodness. So production for some reason feels like it was necessary for her to stay mic'd up with her mic on during her very long bathroom visit. And we are subjected to many noises from the bathroom. <laughs> and when she's finally done, they get some orange juice and start to talk about Memphis's past. Like kind of like things like what was your life like growing up? This is something that Memphis has been kind of keeping close to the chest um, until they could talk about it in person. But it's a, tu- it's a touchy subject since, you know, her mom was an addict when she was growing up. So she tells them all about it and how her mom was in – had drugs and in and out of prison until she was like 30 years old. And Hamza says, that makes me sad, which makes her feel better about the whole relationship because he was sad. Then the next scene starts with Memphis hearing about another lie from Hamza, that he's 26. 26? God. And not the 28 that he says he was. So that makes her eight years older than him instead of six years older than him. Uh, it's really not that big of a deal, honestly, except for the fact that it was a lie. So then she asks and wonders what else she's, he's not telling her the truth about. She feels upset enough about it that she goes to her room and says she needs to rethink starting to go to the um, – marriage office to start the paperwork tomorrow. So Hamza and his family are kind of left alone in their room being like, I don't get it. Like, she's being pretty dramatic over this like little white lie thing. But it's especially upsetting to her that she found out about this lie after she, you know, put more trust in him and came clean about how she grew up. So she finally collects herself and she opens the door to talk to Hamza in her room alone. She demands an explanation, but I mean, there's really not much of an explanation to give. We all know why he already lied. So he, she asks if he really does have a uh, certificate in heating and cooling. But at this point, she gets lost in English. And so he demands that she that he go get his sister so she can translate. She's not. She says she's not going to bring him to the States if he doesn't have a career path. So eventually, they put together that what she wants to see is his diploma, which they get out. And of course, it's written in Arabic. And... She tells him that they do kind of translate and it says, he graduated. Here's the dates. Never actually said that he studied heating and cooling on the diploma though. That never actually came up. But she tells him anyway, that's it. This is the last lie. No more from here on out. So the next segment – oh, wait. That's it. That was it. Sorry. I, would, I cut that out. Um, all right. So, I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, it, there was this clearly a miscommunication about whether or not this lie mattered. Um, so what do you think? Did it matter or was, was Memphis overreacting? Okay. I agree with her position on, you know, it's like this person lied to me. And especially when you have so little to go off of when you're trying to get married to this person in a week. Right. So if you're going to lie as something stupid as your age. Now I get that, 
you know, she thinks it's a stupid thing to lie about and they both might think it's a stupid thing to lie about. But he doesn't know that. He could be like, well, she's going to not want to be interested in me if, uh, you know, she finds out that I'm younger, which is why he lied in the first place about her age right. or his age. So, I mean, but he doesn't know how she's going to react. He just thinks it's going to be a deal breaker. And she's like, that's mm-hmm. a stupid lie. Why would you lie about that? And so I don't think it's the actual lie, although I do think she is a little bit shocked. It's like, you know, if you mentally kind of wrap your head around, oh, this person's young for me to begin with. And then you find out they're even younger than you thought they were. You're kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's the fact that he lied at all, because then it does. It makes you wonder, well, I don't have that many data points in my interactions with you. So what else have you lied about? Exactly. Exactly. It's like. And especially because, yes, she knows so few. She can understand so little of what he says. And she's like, all right, one of the three things I understood about you is a lie. So, like, what else is going on here? And then she checks on one of the other two things, whether that was a lie or not. Yeah, because you're right. It's not – and it's also that that thing that you go to, which you kind of feel bad about. It's like, this is a little thing. If you lied about this, like, you're clearly going to lie about bigger things. Yeah. Yeah. And he definitely seems like the type of person who would lie about the bigger things just to stay out of trouble. Oh, he is definitely a say whatever lie it takes this to end this right now. Like he yes. does that all the time. Right. Like we've, Even with pretty much mom. all we've ever seen him do with his mm-hmm. mom, with everybody. Just what lie will end this conversation the fastest? Yeah. I will tell that lie right big now. Boobies, sexy time. That's what's going to get him out of anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, based on his performance last week, probably not. But. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I didn't understand the sister. Sister, Like, you just saw her in the background. She was completely laughing and smirking the whole time. Yeah. Like, I definitely think that um, they – the sister and the mom didn't get it. They didn't get no. why she was upset. Um, and so they were just like, dude, your girlfriend is crazy. She's this <laughs> upset over that. Right? So, yeah. Kind of like, you know, you know, it, it's very it, – I could see it being like a toddlerish thing, right? Like – um. You know, you always see those posts on like social media that was like, why are they having a temper tantrum? Because they didn't get the purple cup and they hold up the cup that they gave them and it's clearly purple, right? <laughs> and it's just like – and they're just – and kids, that's what, that's what they do. Every once in a while you hit something, they didn't get exactly what they wanted. They just have a complete meltdown. And so they're like, this lady's having a complete meltdown over like being 12 – being, you know – and especially the way that it was lost in translation about how much the lie was. Mm-hmm. They both said, oh – you thought that he said he was 27 when he was turning 27. They're like, come on. Like, that's not a big deal. Right. right. And I think that's kind of what they thought the lie was too. And and so, she's so just smirking and laughing. Because your, your American girlfriend is crazy is what yeah. I think that was all about. Well, I didn't like how she was talking to him, uh, Memphis. The way she was talking to Hamza, like when she was demanding to see the diploma, she was getting really – she was talking to him like a child. And I was just like, eeeh. I okay, had that well, kind of reaction. She totally does the the bad, like when you're talking to someone in a different language to dumb down your speech to baby talk thing. Mm-hmm. Me, bathroom, go. Me, poop, poop. Me have poop, poop. Like, you know, that kind of thing. She does that all the time. You, bad, study, diploma, yes, no. Like, what? You're, you're not, I don't even know what you mean and you're speaking English, right? But she got very, very, go get your sister. Go get your sister right now. Yeah. And he did not understand that. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so I feel like uh, Google Translate has like a picture mode to it, 
where you could yes uh, it does it does yeah. if you have the app on your phone and i know it's probably yep. not for all languages cuz i know they're it's somewhat limited but i feel like she could have used that if they had it for at least got an idea of what it said yeah. right because like that was what was confused about me was like it it just she wanted to know if he had a heating and cooling if he's going to be able to get an hvac job when he gets to the states and it right. had and the only thing they said on that whole diploma was the date he finished which was what 2014 i think it said 2014 to 2016 maybe oh yeah so it was a while ago yeah, yeah. which would have made him like barely 18 which i mean obviously different countries have different like schooling ages and things like that when they do specialties and trades and stuff like that but yeah i don't the, the information we at least heard was not a confirmation that he's going to be able to pr- practice that trade in the United States. No, absolutely not. And then you kind of wonder too, like, does he even have a job right now? Yeah, I don't know. I thought he he must because his mom doesn't have a job and somebody's got to be supporting the family, right? I don't know. But his sister's still in school. Yeah. I don't know where the money is coming from. And his sister's like, what, 23? Yeah, which would have matched up to – no, because then he would have graduated three. I don't know. She might be also doing a four-year degree instead of a two-year degree like he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, their whole pooping scene, I felt bad for Memphis for so many reasons. But then why was Hamza, like, trying to cheer her on? He's like, good job, baby. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Kept on checking in with her. It's like, leave the poor woman alone. She's pooping. Yeah, she will let you know, when it's, which is something that they never kind of usually show on this part, but it's obviously a part of international travel, right? Is sometimes yeah. just doesn't hit you right, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it's just – does Memphis ever take off her mic? Like, just uh, turn that mic off. If you're going to be in the bathroom doing your – turn the mic off. I mean, we had her we, – we see – they have a thing of doing with Memphis of her um, kind of – we hear her voice before we see her. A lot. Yeah. I feel like it's something I don't do. Like they did at 26 as they were showing like B-roll. And like last time we had her making, you know, gross noises at gutting the fish, but yeah. also kind of making it sound like they were like sexy noises. And they were like, what are they doing? Oh, they're gutting fish. Ha, ha, ha. But, <laughs> but it's, cause, it's because she never like hits the off switch on her bike. I don't – on her mic pack. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. I, I think they wear it usually on their back. So maybe it's just she can't see. I actually can't so – it's just she, she always forgets to turn it off. I feel like most people on the show, if they're going to go into the bathroom, remember, let me turn this mic off before I sit down here. Or, you know, when you're, t- t- you know, get, pulling down your pants, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, the mic pack is here. Let me uh not have everybody in the world it hear this. It kind of seemed like it was an emergency situation, so it may not have been the first thing on her mind. <laughs> Maybe. All right, uh, let's move on and talk about uh, Caleb and Alina. So it's finally the morning after, you know, the morning after Caleb and Alina have had sex. Alina says that it could use some work because Caleb didn't exactly know how to position her or himself given their height differences. She sums it up by saying, it was nice. Caleb tells Alina he wasn't nervous about sex, but he then compares it to a monkey wrench or being a virgin. He wants to treat Alina well and doesn't want to be demeaning by throwing her around or by being too controlling. He concludes that they just need more time to make it seem more natural. Caleb and Alina meet up with uh, Elijah, Alina's friend, who is immediately annoyed that Caleb calls him dude. They are off to the Grand Bazaar. Caleb excuses himself to look at some shops as Alina and Elijah get some tea and spill the tea. 
Alina tells Elijah that she took a ride on Caleb's disco stick and Elijah high fives her. Alina says that she is now attached and she wishes he would show some kind of commitment, but instead Caleb has been vague and kind of dismissive. She's also not sure if she should tell Caleb about her living with her ex while she was talking to Caleb. Elijah tells her that if she doesn't tell him, he will, which he's hoping will encourage her to actually tell him. Uh, Elijah encourages her to be honest with her ex about what she wants from him. Or sorry, about her ex and about what she wants from Caleb. All right, so do you agree with Elijah's stance as a friend, like putting the threat out there? If you don't tell him, I will because I'm trying to get you to tell him. No, I don't believe in that threat. Like I can, I will tell you this is what I think you should do, but ultimately the decision is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's not appropriate to like go in on that situation. Like I, I could say, I mean, I mine is I think you should tell him, and I think you should tell him now. But come on, if you want to make that, if you want to make that mistake, whatever. I, I'm out of it though. That's my final word on it. Like that's my that's my kind of mode as a friend. I don't think doing things for them is appropriate like i mean so but we but we already know like what he's i don't know how he would react to that to that like caleb we've already seen friends kind of butt in and try to kind of ask a question or figure something out on behalf of alina Mm -hmm. and his answer is mind your business right so i don't know that it would work anyway Honestly, I think Alina is way too freaked out about the potential of what will happen here because Caleb has already said things to her like weird things like, oh, it's okay if you cuddle with your friends. So I just don't think that the guy who cares too much about friendly cuddling if it doesn't mean anything with things like, oh, you were living with your ex and he was still sleeping in the bed with you even though you weren't together. I don't know if he'd really care that much because to him, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd do that, too. Yeah, I I definitely know knowing him as a person that does seem like something that would not phase him very much. Now, I would be worried if Alina was like, oh, as Alina, I would be more worried not that he would be upset about it, but that he would see it as a we don't have to be that serious like ticket, like excuse for, oh, whatever, you know, we're just doing fun things like you did with your ex, you know, those kind of things. We're just here for for the journey, whatever, like the way he would put it. Or maybe from her perspective, too, like the fear of him not caring at all. Because I, I don't think that, you know, people who um, like a little bit of jealousy in their relationships, I don't necessarily think it's because it's the jealousy part that they actually like. I think it's the reaction that the jealousy part sometimes elicits, you know, like the, oh, well, they care. You know, they don't want to yes. lose me. And so. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I think like from her perspective, like that would be at least a positive of her telling him that because I do think she feels guilty. That's why she hasn't told him. But I do think the one positive out of it could be like, well, if he has this, you know, negative reaction about it, at least it shows that he cares. And I think right at this point, she's looking for any kind of sign that he really does care because he's been kind of aloof and somewhat avoidant of having a specific oh, yeah, conversation definitely. about if he's into her or not. Yeah, definitely her primary concern is getting some sort of sign yes. or agreement or conversation that mm-hmm. this is going in a direction and in the direction that she wants, in the direction of getting more serious and right. her dropping this roommate thing and him going, huh, whatever. All right. 
Yeah. Like that is not that sign. (laughs) No. Yeah, exactly. So I I think she's a little bit fearful that that's what's going to happen because he does. He seems kind of laid back. And so then if he doesn't have any kind of reaction, it almost confirms that, okay, this guy isn't as into me as I think. And I think that's also why, you know, after they had sex, how she comes up with it. Now I'm more attached to him is because it's like, well, this is a positive sign. It's almost like, okay, this guy had sex with me. He's he must be into me enough to have sex. And so now that's the green light. I can be into him now. (laughs) Boy, oh, boy, that is that is very wrong. (laughs) Right. But I kind of feel like, you know, in her looking for signs, I mean, it would kind of fit in with that kind of narrative. Digging for signs, yes. But that's definitely that's definitely the sign that is uh, (laughs) probably the the, uh, most misleading, let's say, when you're going to, is this guy really into me? Especially this guy who's, yeah. you know, a hopeful show. But, okay, let's talk about the them talking about the sex. <laughs> He's using all these weird things, like the monkey wrench. Yeah, okay. The, the, the funniest scene to me, I think, maybe in the whole show, uh-huh. was when he was talking to the producers about how things didn't go how he expected. And he's like, yeah. well, you had like – and he's moving his hands around and trying to <laughs> things and trying to say there's different expectations of the – perimeter of and then you have just trying not to explicitly say what happened right also trying to save face a little bit that was just hilarious to me i was laughing so much at him trying to explain what went wrong last night but to me i can tell you exactly what went wrong last night they didn't talk to each other right yeah like like he said oh i didn't know this this and this and it was like well did you ask or you know talk about it either during which which is great or beforehand right like how we've been talking for 13 years right and have been you know openly exploring the possibility of having a sexual relationship where it hadn't come up like geez what positions do you use like that seems like it could be tricky like you know like (laughs) that seems like it's a conversation that you would have had with someone you're trying to hook up with like you know, and and, know. Ter- and 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 try- say you're in romantically involved with. I know you feel differently because you don't talk about things like that. Yes, because I'm very prudish. <laughs> I grew up in a very like prudish home, so it's it does not come natural for me to talk about those kinds of things. Absolutely, I think it's certainly one thing to talk about things suggestively as to like you know foreplay, you know, just like sexy talk. It, that is completely one thing and it is completely another to discuss the mechanics of when you're going to have sex. And I think it's much more difficult for people to uh take a look at the mechanics and talk to their partner especially if they've never had sex before. So I don't think it's that uh you know weird that they haven't talked about it before. Um, I understand that their situation probably requires more of a dialogue to make it enjoyable for both of them. But I I kind of agree with Caleb here. It's going to just take some time to make it seem natural to figure all those mechanics out. Yes and no to an extent. But I I definitely got the impression that they he did not really like he tried stuff and wasn't like, is this all right? Is this, is this good? And like didn't feedback – I don't know. I get too into it. Like, But that's the key to any like relationship like that is you know, listening to the verbal and nonverbal feedback that your partner is giving you and like responding to it. And she was just kind of like, you know, we just kind of kept going. 
So Yeah, but at the I... same time, but if your partner isn't giving you the verbal cues either, like it's I I don't think it was all Caleb and I don't think it was all Lena. I think it was uh, yeah, both that's of fair. them I not they, they communicating. Didn't, they did not talk communicate with each other. Yes. Right. I agree because with that. even Alina says about the whole thing, she was like, It was nice and it was just like, but if you talk to her more, it was kind of like, Was it nice? Because it doesn't sound like it was nice. It it was no. sounded like it was nice that it happened, but the actual like moment was eh, left a lot right. to be desired and even then she uh, she even like kind of says like oh well i didn't want to talk him up too much because i still want him to work for it so then that confused me because it was like well it did sound like it was good but it could be better and she just didn't want yes. him to be like complacent with okay well that's what it takes she wants right. him to keep trying which is why she didn't want to stroke his ego and be like yeah that was like amazing sex last oh, no, night which is good no which is good i i it, it people shouldn't do that you shouldn't like be if it was you know not everything you wanted it to be you shouldn't pretend like it was because that's what you're gonna get forever then like mm-hmm. if you're like that was perfect that was great just keep doing that all, all over again then that's exactly what the person will do like and it's okay to say like you know it was nice but you know we can improve uh, find a nicer way to say it than that maybe but like that idea, you should. I totally think people should not lie about how much they enjoyed it. But like, I don't know. She kind of said like, "Well, I lied about how little I enjoyed it because I wanted him to get better." I don't know. It was it was weird. It was. <laughs> it, they're just not you know comfortable with talking about it, and that, no. that that's something that has to change. Yeah, and I was gonna say, but at the same time, like I I guess like just because the sex is more challenging. You know, if this were a- another couple, you know, I probably wouldn't judge them for having the lack of communication on their first time either. <sighs> no, no. But I mean, that's what it's going to take to get better, I yes, guess, is my no, point. And I, I would, absolutely I, agree with that. But I think it's just that, you know, it's like you almost have to have this level of comfort in your intimacy before you can have those conversations. And sometimes it takes sex to have that comfort in intimacy. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely it's definitely a component. I think it helps. I I I don't know. I think it helps when you can have those type of intimate conversations. It helps. That kind of sometimes helps break the ice as to having more emotionally intimate conversations that you were mm-hmm. not comfortable having before. Um, yeah. And and sometimes it works the other way. You need to have the emotionally intimate conversations before you're comfortable comfortable having, you know, the other type of conversations too. So, I mean, I can see it working both ways. But so did you not know that take a ride on your disco stick is a Lady Gaga thing? Uh, yeah, that was I in did. a Lady – okay. You said yeah. it confused like. And I was like, I was going to make sure you knew where that came from. Oh, because no, no, no. It's like, I right. it <laughs> no, I was like more so how she was describing it. Well, she said, like- she said literally. So we got a little bit more you know, visual reference of what the geometry well, was. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. So pe- other people who are not getting their disco stick ridden. Um, so oh, let's go to Kim and Usman. So we tried – start off with Kim trying to decide which Soja Boy shirt she's going to wear today because she's hoping for some one more one-on-one time with Usman because he hasn't stayed over or even kissed her yet. The camera has – and then while she's getting ready, the camera just zooms in on her butt because she mentioned it and stays there an uncomfortably long amount of time <laughs> where the whole screen was just this lady's butt. Um, but today is the time when they're shooting the video for the Zara song, which is you know one of the primary reasons she came here. She wants to go and be his hype woman. So what seems 
I think it's a pretty common cultural misunderstanding, means that Kim is out there ready on time and everybody else is not there when they said they were supposed to be there and she's stuck waiting out front all alone. Then we switch to Usman and his bros who are getting ready and leaving and they're all wearing – USB is what they is what their shirts say. I don't yeah. know if it's Usman, Soja Boy or something like that. So anyway, Usman says that this whole thing is a little strange because this song is about an ex that Kimberly doesn't really know anything about. So we also learned that the ex Zara broke off his relationship over the jealousy with the – you know, being around all these pretty women all the time. And in the video – He's going to be around a bunch of pretty women all the time. So that's another reason he wants to bring Kimberly around for the shoot. He wants to know kind of right away whether this is going to ha- cause you know massive jealousy or not and if she can handle it. So once they get there, the first order of business is a haircut to look fresh for the video. But halfway through the haircut, the power goes out and they only get to shape up like the right half of his face. <laughs> <laughs> so Kim jumps into action. She tries to find another plug, trying to figure out how the clippers are going again. Whereas everybody else is just like, man, eh, don't worry about it. It's fine. And she was like, what? It's not fine. Only half of it, half is he's asymmetrical. So anyway, the next up, um, especially after, you know, his, his entourage or whatever thinks she's already doing too much is – then they bring out a whole suitcase that's just full of a bunch of random outfits and they're trying to figure out what he should wear for each scene. And Kim is like, how have they not done this already? Why do they not know which outfit to – I don't know what's going on. It seems like nobody has their shit together. So she's very upset and she's ready to bring out and be the boss lady Kim to show up and take over. So in the next segment, it's actually time for the shoot to start. Usman agrees with Kimberly that there was a lack of preparedness from his team. So of course – and of course, the first scene they're filming involves Usman like sitting there with a model's legs like completely wrapped around him and his hand on her thigh. So she's already feeling a little envious of her because, you know, it's not like her legs have been wrapped around him. So anyway, the music and the lip syncing starts and Kim just gets super excited and a little bit less so when he kind of has to make lovey eyes at the girl for the scene. After the cut, she coaches him to get his energy up. Get your energy up. And then on a break from the shoot, he says he's losing his energy because of all the missteps of his team. But it seems like the rest of the shoot goes fine because we see a huge long chunk of the music video and the whole thing wraps about five hours later. Kim thinks that she saved a day and she's going to let Badmus and Slam T know that on the way back to the uh, hotel while Usman is sleeping on her lap. So she starts, you know, saying, I don't think you guys did good enough. You should have been supporting him. And they are immediately defensive, like, we didn't do anything because you're here. And then it starts to turn into an argument that wakes Usman up, and he says, no, I blame you guys. You treated this way too much like a vacation and not a month about work. So he's feeling a lot better about about his relationship with Kimberly after after the shoot. So I guess next time we'll see what happens. Okay, so Badmus and Slam T, competent or incompetent? Uh, I think just laid back. Um, okay. I agree that they probably could have stepped it up a little bit, but it's not like they were bumming around doing nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, I do think that if, you know, uh, Soja Boy Usman is upset with them, he has to be the one to say it, though. Like, they don't work right. for Kim, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, her intervening and, you know, basically being critical and overbearing – is just not going to be received well by them. It's not going to change oh, no. their behavior. Yeah, no, definitely not. 
It's not going to help not. with their relationship, especially since she seems to think that they're somewhat trying to sabotage their relationship in the first place. It's like, that's not helping the situation, lady. No, no, it is. It is, it is a, nobody wants to hear. No. I mean, yeah, nobody wants to hear your girlfriend come in and say, I don't think you were treated him fairly. Like, come on, get out of here. Yeah. Just like nobody wants to hear your mom do that either. Like, I heard you were treating my son very unfairly. Oh, gosh, Everybody's going to be is. like, oh. It's like a stage mom. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. exactly how she's acting. And that's part of it, too, is like, ah, I, I get that he gets that she cares. But like the more deeper she gets into this, the more like she's acting like his mom. Yeah. And not like a girlfriend, except for that part where she was like – he was singing and she just – her face was just like so lit up and so, oh, I can't believe I'm seeing this. This is amazing. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's – he's going to get annoyed. And maybe, you know, now it worked out in his favor because, you know, it ended up kind of coming together. And I don't know whether or not he credits her with that in the end for being so pushy. But mm-hmm. that pushiness is going to get old real fast. Yeah. Well, especially when it, – it's one thing when you're pushing for something that they want and another thing when you're pushing for something that is like, eh, Meh, I don't want to do that. You know, when you're pushing him, like it's one thing, the pushiness in the direction that you want to push is great. Once she starts going against the grain a little bit, it's going to get real old real fast. Yeah. Something that I'm very bothered by his whole situation is that he's essentially trying to test her. And I don't like that. I don't like the whole dynamic of it. Like, I'm going to put you through a series of tests. And if you pass these series of tests, then you are worthy enough to be my girlfriend. You know, and it's like she seems to understand. I mean, at least they're on the same page that this is some kind of series of tests. And that's why she felt that she needed to go in there and, you know, be this assertive boss lady kim because she thought that that's what the test was like implying she should do but it's just like this whole dynamic of it it's just it's so one-sided and unfair in a relationship to be like i have all the power i get to choose if i want to be with you and so now you must prove to me that you are worthy yes and now here are the obstacles that i put in front of you and if you can yeah do them to my satisfaction. Get through these tests to my satisfaction that I will deign to decide. And it just it, – it, it not does not make for a healthy relationship. Even no. if she does pass all the tests and right. you decide to be in the relationship, it still leaves you with I had all the power. I continue to hold all the power and you are doing my bidding almost. Like it's yeah. it's not healthy. Well, especially when the first test is like – uh, let me be hanging all over these hot women and see how you react. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. How much crap will you let me get away with um, that yeah. most people wouldn't? That's the basically, test. yeah, basically, because he's just, and and I understand a little bit where he's coming from. You know, where uh, jealousy has been a big issue with his past relationships. Yeah, but I, you know. I definitely thinks he th- he thinks he's much hotter commodity than he is, right? Oh yeah. I'm gonna have hot ladies throwing themselves at me all the time because I'm, you know, rapper superstar soja boy. So whoever my next potential is has to accept that I'm always going to be around the these women who want me. And yeah, I do get it to a certain extent to be like, hey, this is the reality of my situation, yes. mm-hmm. and whoever I date needs to be able to adjust to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, the more 
tolerable example is like, you know, me with my kids. And this comes up too. Like if there's going to be somebody who's like, oh, no, I feel like you're spending too much time with your kids. And I'll be like, we're, we're breaking up. Like that's mm-hmm. no, like that's not going to be um, something I'm going to. I'm going to live with or deal with. And so if it's like, if this, if, if the way I, if the non-negotiable way of the way I live my life is going to be a deal breaker, then we need to know that up front, right? Yeah. We need not to go, go on and pretend like it's not. So I get that except for you're right. Like he's soja boy. He has what 80% of the people who know about him, know about him through this show. It's not like right. he has a amazing rap career going along and he's just like, well, I'm going to be continuously surrounded by the hottest bitches who will just be all trying to get in my pants. And uh, yeah. if you can't deal with that, that's up to you. Well, the other thing with, uh, you know, your example of your children, you know, you're not like, oh, well, I'm going to put you through a series of tests. <laughs> where yeah. I'm just going to ignore you for a week and just hang out with my kids all the time. You know, it's like not that you're yeah, trying to test true. them. I mean, if you come across that, you know, your values aren't lined up, then, you know, fine. You like walk away. But it's like you shouldn't have to intentionally be creating these scenarios to kind of speed up, you know, the process of, well, you know, here, I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to have all the half naked women out here because that's how it would be in our relationship for real. So I'm going to test yes. them in this specific like stage to well, scenario. This, especially this one where it was like we literally had to pay these women to be here to hang on me. So I feel like that may not reflect what's going on in real life right. uh, all that all that accurately. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, I don't know. I just uh, I, I feel bad for her being in that situation and not necessarily because I think the thing that I feel the most bad about is that she seems to have such low self-esteem or think so low of herself that she's allowing herself to be in that kind of situation. Right. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know, it just seems so desperate, you know? Yeah. Like, because I'm the same way. It was like, well, I have a series of tests and I wanted you to be able to prove if you're I'm yeah. like, that's cool. I'm going to tell you right now. The answer is no. Like, right. Yeah. Like you shouldn't want someone like that. Right. I would I would think that you would want to feel wanted just as much as you want someone else. And it just doesn't seem that way. But that's how you make a partnership. Like I want a relationship to be a partnership myself. Like so. Right. Right. All right. So that brings us. Gino and Jasmine. Gino and Jasmine. Yes. Yes. So uh, Gino and Jasmine are off to the gym. Gino is wearing his workout shorts and his sandals. But don't be scared for his safety because he has no intention of actually working out. Just watching Jasmine work out. He's hoping that by tagging along, it will help smooth things over after the Christmas toothbrush incident. Jasmine uses this chance to tell him that she's planned a four-day trip to an island in Panama, and he's going to pick up the $2,500 tag as as her Christmas present. He hesitates and she asks if she's not worth it like the other woman he women he took on vacation. Gino agrees and Jasmine calls him obedient. He makes himself feel better by staring at her ass as she works out. He says he wants to make her happy and Jasmine uses this time to request he burn everything in his house that was picked out by his ex-wife or reminds him of her. She also makes fun of the ex's choice in paint color, which was baby blue and red. And asks that he repaint the house, too. He defends the colors and says that they look good and that they both picked out the paint. Jasmine says that she deserves to have a say in the paint because she's had sex with Gino more times in the last week than he did with his ex-wife in the last seven years. 
he gets uncomfortable with how nasty she's being and tries to weakly ask her not to talk bad about his ex. This sets off Jasmine, asking why he keeps defending her. She starts to cry and tells him to just stay with her and fuck off. Uh, stay with the ex and fuck off. She starts screaming and he keeps comparing that he keeps comparing her to his ex. And she's sick of him making her look like the crazy one as she storms out of the gym. Gino isn't quite sure what to do. He's scared that she gets upset in a moment's notice and worries about her emotional instability. Jasmine is sitting by herself sobbing and saying that it's painful that he would even say he liked the paint. We get a glimpse at what appears to be Gino and Jasmine tattoo on her arm. Gino goes back to the room and gets in bed. Jasmine enters the room still crying. She tells him that he's he lives in the past and she admits that she is deeply insecure. She suggests that they should slow down and pump the brakes with kids, moving, and being in a relationship altogether. Gino does nothing as Jasmine leaves to take a shower. Gino thinks that if he had simply said he hated the paint colors, everything would be fine. Jasmine then threatens to leave tomorrow. Gino just throws up his arms and asks how they can get over this. He says he wants it to work out. She tells him not to say anything about his exes ever, especially good things. He agrees to this. Jasmine then tells him that she lied to him about being on birth control pills. Gino asks if she still thinks she needs them because he's kind of hoping for that baby. Jasmine says she's not going off of them because they're not ready to have kids. She says kids may be in their future, but not on this first trip. All right. So Jasmine essentially gave him an out. And you could just see the look uh, like the wheels are turning, you know, and he's just like, should I, shouldn't I? Do you think mm -hmm. that Gino should have, you know, taken this out, this easy out that Jasmine just kind of gave him? I mean, probably. I mean, I mean, yes. OK, so if I'm me, I'm me. Like, yeah, but you're not you. <laughs> as soon as she – I'm not you. Gino's not me because as right. soon as she said Gino's the word obedient, I'd be like, bye. See ya. <laughs> Talk to you later. See ya. Like, we're I done know, with this. that was so obnoxious. Yes, yeah, so obnoxious. Now, that being said, um, uh, let me preface this. Jasmine's terrible, right? Yeah. She's awful. She makes she, – she has these weird demands. She knows he doesn't have any money. He demands she spend it just because he spent it when he did have money, right? Um, it, it is weirdly going off about his ex and the things and that said. I think she's getting a bad edit that's making her look worse than she really is. Mm -hmm. All right. Because she said in tears, you're always comparing me to her. Yeah. Right. And you never shut up about it. We haven't heard him compare. We haven't heard oh, him bring up the ex not. at all. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. I don't think she made that up. I don't think he's literally never mentioned her, his ex and she's crying about how you always compare her, compare me to her. Yeah, I think I he agree. does actually I always compare me to her. Yeah. And so I think it makes her um, look worse than she really is, even if she mm -hmm. is being completely unreasonable <laughs> with, the, yeah. with what she's doing. It, it, and again, his you know assessment of the situation, I should have just said I didn't like the colors. Oh, That's God, a symptom. Know, right? there, was, there was other things that happened besides literally the colors of the walls and whether or not you said that you liked them that caused yeah. that explosion. And he just – Picked on he doesn't get the, it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get no, why she's really upset. he doesn't get it. 
He, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is he just, he's so simple-minded, you know? He's like, oh, well, everything would have been fine. We would have never gotten an argument if I had just said that I didn't like the paint colors. It's like, oh, Gino, you just don't know what's happening. No, no, she doesn't because the paint colors aren't the paint colors. The paint colors are basically, when she asked about the paint colors, she was basically asking, are you still in love with your ex? And his answer was, I mean... I don't hate the colors. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, right? Like that's what it's about. Like, it, it is she was kind of using that as her proxy, as her whatever of, do you still have feelings for your ex? And he is not refuting that to her at all. Yeah. Okay. The thing that shocked me about like their segment and just got me really annoyed is when Jasmine talks about the birth control pills and she's just like, oh, yeah, you know, like I've been on birth control pills. And his reaction wasn't like, oh, like, you know, it's for the best because for real, it was for the best that she was on birth control this entire time. And he's still thinking like, oh, well, she can get off of them by the end of this trip and we could still go back to making babies. It's like, why do you want to make kids with this crazy person who clearly you're not getting along with and you want to bring a child into this? What is wrong with you? Right. This is someone who you really were literally just gotten a huge blow up fight about whether or not you should change the color of your dining room. Um, yeah. At least in his head, right? In his head, that's right. what the argument was about. Mm-hmm. Um, then why would you think that like you would see eye to eye on anything related to children, which is like a thousand times more serious than your dining room colors or your stuff? Because – and especially when her answer to not agreeing with you or not liking something about you was you should burn it all. All of it should just be set on fire. <laughs> oh, goodness. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just – it's – it's very, it's very rough. And like, but I don't know. Do you think she told him the birth control thing? Because my impression was she didn't tell him that uh, because she felt like this is the time he should know or whatever. She was looking for blood. Oh, no, she absolutely didn't. Yes and no. I think that she was looking to tell him the birth control when she had the upper hand, you know? Oh. And so it's kind of like, you know, he can't get as mad at me now because I'm mad at him. Right. And what he did was way worse than me lying about these birth controls. So I'm going to throw it in now because, you know, in the end, it's kind of a a wash. Right. Like my bad and your bad will kind of uh, cancel each other out because they were at the point where they were kind of uh, reconciling and kind of coming to some resolution and being in an okay spot. Mm -hmm. Right. So she's going to throw this in there to be like, well, we're just going to lump this all together and my bad cancels out your bad. And now we're all good. Fair. But I mean, I think the place this really started was the weird decision to go watch somebody else work out. (laughs) Yeah. And why he thought that would smooth things over. It's like, do you think she wants that? In fact, she was getting annoyed with him because he was like, is that a rep? How many reps do you have? Did you, you have? do a rep with the set or – yeah. Yeah. She's just like, I, I don't want to talk to anyone when I'm working out. So clearly it seemed like that was more what he thought would smooth things over more so than what he you know knows was going to actually smooth things over with her. I mean we've, we've all heard of the love languages and there's the quality time, right? There's definitely the people mm-hmm. that confuse literally any time equals quality time. Like we were together. That will oh, smooth God. things over. Like, yeah, but you were kibitzing me about my workout. Like, that's not – that wasn't pleasant. 
Right. It didn't even seem like she wanted him no, there. No, so- I wouldn't. Who wants somebody who's not working out, hanging out with them in the gym? No. Like just watching them on the and stair just, machine. Like, like ogling their ass the whole time. <laughs> right. It's literally the thing most women hate about the gym the most is that people are just ogling them when they're doing it, right? Like, <laughs> all yeah, right. Very weird. So leaving out other gym people, we get to our new our new people. This is Benjamin and maybe Mahogany. So we'll see. God. So Benjamin is 52 years old from Fraser, Michigan, and he has 24% body fat and weighs 203 pounds, which we know because we see him literally checking those things on camera. So he does modeling for old dudes with abs, which is weird for him because he grew up in a very conservative Christian tradition. In fact, he was actually a pastor in this tradition and ended up marrying his church children's minister. Which they really just glossed over, but he married an employee. Um, After years of trouble uh, in their marriage, they left the church and got divorced after 24 years. So in true middle-aged divorce guy fashion, he got super in shape and bought a motorcycle. He says that he was pretty inexperienced with dating after the divorce and was in some bad relationships that he got through the apps. But when he put his modeling pictures up on social media, he got a lot of people dropping into his DMs, including a mahogany who's 24 and from San Bartolo, Peru. And he feels like she is his soulmate despite the 28-year age gap. The biggest thing going for her in his eyes is that she's also super Christian and also willing to wait for marriage for sex, which are things that are, you know, hard to get and derailed his other relationships. He seems really into the flowery text messages that she sends and he's going to Peru to meet her. He stops into a restaurant to tell his friends Jessica, Charlie, and Jason about the whole situation. He tells them, and the reaction is most initially strong about the age difference. Another concern they have is that they haven't video chatted yet. Um, So there's a lot of catfish potential there. Now, she did send a video to him, but it was just her saying, Buenas noches, it's mahogany, mahogany, and that's it, Um, which really gets off Mm there. This seems sketchy radar. They ask if she's Mm -hmm. asked for money, but he says that, you know, he's given her a loan of a thousand dollars that's not the same as giving her money right so apparently it's not ben's (laughs) first experience with a potential scammer because he has been catfished before and it took him several weeks to figure out um that it was a dude from africa and not whatever woman he thought he was talking to so he says he's already at the place where he wants to marry this girl and he's not really thrilled about the way this went with the with his friends because he knows it's, it's going to be worse when he tells his family tomorrow so then we Show up and next is Ben is doing something that exists in this universe. I thought it was unthinkable for this show. He's he's using Duolingo to practice some Spanish. Yay! <laughs> Good for you. Before he goes to Peru um, to meet his Spanish-speaking girlfriend. But that's not the most important thing that he's doing today, which is going to be telling his kids about mahogany for the first time. So he says the divorce was hard on his kids. So if they don't accept this, then he doesn't know what he's going to do. So we see three of his four kids, uh, Elijah, who's 20, Acadia, who's 19, and Joy, who's 14. And they are accompanied at this dinner with his ex, Lisa. He says that the relationship between him and his ex is cold, but she has a right to know that he's planning on bringing someone new into the children's lives. So she's there too. He's worried that Lisa's feelings of resentment are going to get in the way of, you know, this news going over well. But, you know, after Grace, he just jumps right in and tells them that he's fallen in love with Mahogany. 
The faces they make range from, in my opinion, surprise to disgust. And uh, I saw disgust mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like some of them were just resigned to be like, oh, here we go again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Mm. So anyway, the, it, no one says much at first until Lisa finally brings up another relationship. Uh, that we didn't know about. She's like, how is this going to be better than this other 28-year-old they dated? So apparently that was somebody he dated one year after the divorce. And he, they were actually engaged and it ended badly over, as we mentioned before, how much time he spent with his kids. So he's promised not to make that mistake again, but yet here we are. So Elijah thinks that it's weird to be involved, this involved with someone you've never met. And Joy, the youngest one, her concern is that he'll leave because he has a history of kind of putting them aside when he's with someone new. So he does bring Mm -hmm. out a picture of Mahogany to show to them. And Joy calls it the fakest picture she's ever seen in her whole life. (laughs) And I love you, Joy. (laughs) He keeps bringing up God and his path and blah, 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 where Lisa has some snarky comments about, you know, I don't think you were listening to God when you got into this other terrible relationship that almost broke Mm -hmm. everything apart. All right. So – Let's just start with that. Chances that Mahogany is a catfish, percentage-wise. I think pretty high because uh, you're right. The video part, the thing that was suspicious the most to me was the fact that she never even said his name in the video. Exactly. So that is just some weird video that you could have been sending to everyone. And, I mean, nowadays, especially when you have videos, you could do uh, filters on videos, too. Yes, you can. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it was super – everything she sent yeah. was – Joy was right. They were ultra filtered. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's why I was like, yes. And why does he think that that is so, you know, like genuine and real? It like doesn't make any sense to me. He's probably just like, oh, well, she's just really young. So everybody's, you know, face looks that great when they're Well, young. I don't know if she's like everybody's face looks that great or that's – every young person just uses these filters all the time. That's just, that's, just, that's just young culture. That's young hip culture, right? That's what you do. But it's like mm. – but you're right. It's definitely for someone who the biggest thing he says he's attracted to is how genuine she is. It's like, but you've never sent me a real picture yeah. of yourself. Like, how is that genuine? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, even from his perspective, because, you know, he's like, what, 52? Yes. Even if she looked older than her Oh, she could look pictures, 35, so. right? <laughs> so be like, yeah. Right. And he'd still be winning, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> So I'm sure he doesn't care too much that it's even filtered as long as she generally looks the same. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, it should be fine. I don't even know that she generally looks the same either, man. Like that's – we we really haven't seen any indication here that it's anything but another totally different non-existent catfish situation. Yeah. So what kind of struck me that we really haven't seen too much on uh, this series at all is he actually very much reminded me of someone that you would see on uh, Seeking Sister Wives. Okay. So – and I'm thinking of specifically the last guy on Seeking Sister Wives that people thought – and I cannot recall his name – that people thought – They were from Colorado and they were like – he was trying to do a 90-day fiancé situation too. And he had to divorce his uh, real-life wife so that way he could, you know, file for his K-1 visa. He could have a K-1 visa for the other wife. Makes sense. Sure. 
Yeah, it was pretty clear that his wife was, you know, very torn about it because she wanted him to be, you know, happy and, you know. But the thing that really just, I think, bothered a lot of people is how he kept on justifying everything by saying, this is God's plan. Like, this is the path. He, He has told me that this is like what he wants in life. And it's like. I feel like that's what Ben is doing here. I feel like he's justifying questionable things that, you know, his family has doubts about by saying, well, this is God's plan. I'm doing this and this is God's plan. And I just think it's just, you know, like a way to kind of just make people accept something on a faith. And I that really just rubs oh, yeah. me the wrong way because – You know, it's like, how do you know what God's plan is other than his feeling, right? I feel like this is God's path for me. Well, you felt like God's path for you was this other 28-year-old woman. Then that ended poorly and people got hurt, you know? And so it's like, how do you know what his plan is for you? It's a very different – you know, I I was raised Catholic and it's a very, very Mm -hmm. different type of Christianity to me that – says what you wanted to do was God's plan because being raised Catholic, it's always yeah. what you want is temptation and it sucks and it's sin and you shouldn't do it. That's bad. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like, because like, there's definitely, yeah. this definitely is like, well, my penis got hard, so that must be what God wants me to do or else it wouldn't have made oh, my God. dick hard, right? <laughs> and that's, whereas, right. you know, the, yeah, just the idea of it like what you want couldn't possibly be like temptation that you're supposed to avoid. Like that is Weirdly, not my experience with Christianity at all. Um, and he yeah. did go to a very different sect because he very much, uh, yeah, very much used these. He's good. He was a pastor for a long time, right? So oh, he's yeah. good at persuasion. Oh, sure. He's good at getting people. He's good at public speaking. He's good at making his side, what he wants to say, come out mm-hmm. clear and stuff. And so I feel like. To us, he was using a lot of that kind of pastor talk and that kind of the, the things he learned doing that to justify his absolutely dog shit decisions and him being a terrible person yeah. for so many things, right? And just being like, well, yeah, right. And 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 that's what really rubbed me like the wrong way about him is a, a lot. And a lot of the stuff kind of came out in the drips and drabs and be like, wait, you got catfish before? Yes. Wait, there was somebody else that you basically cut your kids off for wait hold on a second like you didn't this doesn't sound like the way you kind of presented it the first the first time we heard you oh yeah yeah it's like okay what i kind of gathered as a a summation of everything is that he has just made a series of bad mistakes since the divorce you know and the kids and mom are not about it anymore It sounds to me like he made a bunch of serious, horny mistakes after the divorce and has just been blaming Mm -hmm. everybody else for them. Well, I didn't know how these apps were. I was just – I'm just a divorced guy who who didn't know anything about how dating works and I didn't know that this is what people were like out here and like things like that. And it's like, eh, no. Yeah. And and I'm – you know, how many times has he probably said, well, this is God's plan, you know, with the other – Yes. Women that he's been dating. And so that that's why it's like I, you know, have a healthy skepticism when, you know, people kind of say that or try to convince people because it's like it's the same same old line, same old story, you know, and is it going to turn out any different? I mean, well, if you say it enough times, yeah, probably one of them is the plan, right? Yes. Where, the plan being where everybody ends up happy mm-hmm. and no one's hurt. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't 
think that exists, but okay. Like, yeah. (laughs) But right. It's super frustrating to – yeah, and especially when when you're you're saying it in the act of hurting somebody, right? Wow, we're afraid you're going to abandon us. Well, that would be God's plan if I abandoned you now, wouldn't it? (laughs) God. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you have to be supportive. It's God's plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have to accept it. It's God's plan. Yeah. So, I don't know. And these kids, they're just not about it. And I think it's hilarious that they're just calling dad out on this stuff. Yeah. And I I almost want it to be a catfish. So, you could be like, reevaluate your life lesson or your life and be like, get some kind what of are lesson you, What are it. you doing wrong? There has to be something you're doing wrong, but this yeah. keeps happening, right? And yeah. I don't know if he would though. I feel like he'd still be like, well, I just didn't know. I didn't know. It was, it was everybody else taking advantage of my gullible and trusting nature. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, when everybody around you is telling you something and you're so insistent that you're right, mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like you... You need a dose of reality. And so I, I do have my fingers crossed that Mahogany is kind of a catfish. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope she is too because I don't want her – I don't yeah. want a real-life person to have to uh, be in the situation with this guy. So I'd rather I'd rather her just be a catfish. You know, I don't think he's a terrible person at the heart of it. I just – you know, I just don't like how he's treated his family. Okay. Maybe that does make him a terrible person because I don't like how he's kind of treated his kids. You know, you're going to throw away your relationship with your family over love, you know, because he's probably like over what love. And that's the thing. Over what love? Somebody you've never Mm -hmm. actually spoken to. Come on, man. Like, uh, how are you going to be that so so much uh, into somebody else when, again, we're we're sitting right here and you're like, oh, I'm going to give it all up for this like mystery box over here. That sounds awesome. Like, that's that's God's plan. Yeah. All right. All right, so uh, we did not hear from Ella and Johnny, and our suspicions are that it's because of visa issues that they don't have a lot of footage of them. So we're wondering how much we're going to see of them this season. But they were on the teaser for next week. Oh, for the preview? Yeah. Uh, What was it? Oh, it was lots of stuff basically about what we're saying. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to get here. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I can deal with this. Oh, that kind of stuff. So, I don't know if we have a ton well, of footage, <laughs> but at least they will. we will see them next time. All right. Okay. So, out of the group uh, from this week, who was your student of the week? Uh, I went with Kim um, because, you know, she – at the end of the day, she was there to – and she did take actions that were positive actions that got what needed to get done done. Um Mm-hmm. I feel like they were trying to make – the cut was trying to make her look maybe a little bit worse than she was in terms of like, oh, she's being bossy and ordering everybody around. But at the end of the day, it was like, we need to start filming now or we'll run out of daylight. We can't be sitting here organizing <laughs> outfits anymore. Let's move. Let's go. Um, and oh at, at the end of the gosh, day, it was what know, Usman right? wanted her to do. So – Yeah. All right. What yeah. about yours? Um, I student in the week, I just went with Jimena. Like, I feel like she's trying to be honest. Um, I don't know. I think everyone else, it wasn't yeah. that great. Or, I mean, we could always give it to Alina, I guess. But even this week, Alina was trying to keep a secret. Yep, so fair. I went with Jimena. Fair. Yeah. Okay, what about your dads? <laughs> I, I, even though I said she got a bad edit, I went with Jasmine. 
I think she got a word yeah. that made her look worse. But even if I sure. fill in my 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 most optimistic things that Gino could have been doing, she's still terrible, mm-hmm. right? She's still like buy me something that is more than you yeah. can afford. Uh, burn everything in your house. Yeah, twenty five hundred dollar vacation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I yeah, and it's because because you didn't buy me a fifteen dollar t shirt, you now owe me a twenty five hundred dollar yeah. vacation. Like. That's absurd. Right. It's ridiculous. She called him obedient when he agreed to this ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, oh, that was. I feel like she's done that a couple times. I now, like my man obedient. Like, I was like, ooh, that that just is a bad word. Like that that word really, yeah, really gets me there. Ugh. Right. Uh, my dance is Ben. It's yeah. like, uh, okay. come on, you know, quit <sighs> putting your needs above your children's needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, what about your so life lesson? my life lesson, we talked about it kind of a lot already, but it goes to Ben. And it's like mm-hmm. – and I don't want to just – and I really don't want to make this sound out to be as it's only a Christian thing, right? So don't say yeah. it's God's plan or the universe's plan or anybody else. Don't just say that to destiny, just, destiny to justify mm-hmm. your terrible decisions and your terrible behavior. Like you made those decisions, yeah. not not a higher power. Right, right. Uh, so my life lesson is uh, aimed towards Kimbali. Uh, when you're trying to help, I think phrasing is really important, especially in a stressful situation. Um, so instead of being critical about what someone is doing, if you're really trying to help, I think a better uh, response or, you know, question to throw out there is, how can I help? Mm. Right. So I feel like if she had approached it with, you know, bad miss and slam tea as like, how can I help? Yeah, you know, that's instead fair. of being like, uh, this is this is what is this? This is terrible. The situation is terrible. You know, and she's just sitting there like bad mouthing it. If she just yeah. said, how can I help? I want to be helpful. It seems like things are stalling here. How can you know what can I do? Like, it's going to be well better received. I was definitely focused on her just jumping in and do because that's my style of when I see that things are wrong. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna be like, I'm just gonna start doing it. Like I'm gonna come, I'm gonna jump here and then we're gonna start doing it, um, and I do that quite a lot. Like I have things where I'm like this needs done, but here I'm gonna start doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I don't also while I'm doing it, I'm not like who was supposed to do this? This is terrible. You should have done this before. Like right. I just do it. Yeah. Okay, I, I hear it. Yeah, and that's how she came in there. Right. So yeah, I think a how can how can I help is gonna be well received. All right, so that is it for this week. We will be back next week about the same time. Yep, that's yeah? right. Mm-hmm. And we'll be celebrating Mr. O's uh, birthday in Vegas, yes. so that'll be fun times. Yeah, so we will <laughs> – it, we're not going to record together, but we'll have spent all the week that we can together beforehand. Right, right. Well, love after lockup. We are uh, – uh, recording that together yes we'll actually have time to do that yes that's right that's yeah, true the weekend but yeah so until then all right see everybody then okay, okay. bye bye